to Catholic Doctrine Bible Study. This is session 203. I'm your host, Jim Hawk. And in this session, we will be looking at the book of Tobit, which is not in Protestant Bibles, um, at least not in the last couple of centuries anyway. Now, there are seven books that are in the Catholic Bible that are not in the Protestant Bible. I'm not going to reveal the total reason for that today. Wait until we get to the book of 2 Maccabees, and then I will reveal all. So I don't want to spoil the fun in this. But suffice it to say for today that it's not in the Protestant Bibles. Now, um, it is a kind of a, a religious novel, if you will. So it is not intended to be history as such. This is a story. The story of Tobit is set against the backdrop of the deportation of the northern ten tribes to Assyria. Okay, just like if you had a love story that was during a, a war or something like that. Uh, you, you'd use the war as the backdrop for the love story, right? Uh, or like in Titanic, you know, you've got the story of these this couple that falls in love while the ship is sinking. Yes, the ship actually sank, and yes, the ten tribes were actually deported to uh, Assyria, but uh, the characters are fictitious in this way. And as you read, and this is something that you need to read for yourself, so I'm just going to uh, highlight it, and you can enjoy reading this little uh, romantic novel, if you will, or religious novel, if you like. Read it on your own. It's not uh, not terribly long. And But there, to be sure, there is there are some messages for us all in this novel. Remember, if, if you were wanting to tell a timeless truth about the kingdom, you could do it by way of uh, a historical analysis, uh, like some of the books that we've looked at, or you could do it by way of telling a story that uh, encapsulates the uh, the principles that you're trying to, to get out there. And so think of this as a, a work of fiction, but one designed to teach us timeless truths. Okay, so we'll get into the story of uh, Tobit. Uh, Tobit is named after its hero. It's probably written in the second century BC, but it's um, the background, the, his, the hist historic background of it is it is to depict an event that could have, you know, I mean, it's supposed to have happened. In uh, after the ten tribes fell, so it's supposed to be set in about 722 BC or thereabouts. As uh, Tobit, our hero in this, or one of the heroes, is deported to Nineveh, which is a big city in Assyria. Okay, um, he's wealthy. He's a wealthy guy, but he has money elsewhere. Um, he's he's a he's a observant Jew. He even goes to the southern kingdom to go to the feast of Pentecost, and um, he suffers severe misfortunes. Uh, even though he he does a good thing, he decides he's going to bury somebody, um, which is you know kind of an act of uh, of mercy there, right? 
Um, but he also it realizes that by touching a dead body, that makes him uh, ritually unclean for a period of time. So rather than bring that ritual uncleanliness into his house, he decides to sleep outside. Um, and then in this fanciful story, uh, birds poop while he's laying there outside. Birds, birds poop and the droppings land on his eyes and it blinds him. Okay, and it gets worse. Now he can't make a living anymore. And so his wife has to be the sole supporter and that doesn't go over very well. Uh, with his wife, so he's got uh, he's got marriage problems, and he can't make a living anymore. Okay, so now he's got marriage problems, he's got money problems, he's got health problems. Can you relate to any part of that? Have you ever had marriage problems, money problems, or health problems? Okay, so what does he do at first? He prays. Um, he prays to God, but he prays for death. Well, thank God. God doesn't always answer our prayers the way that, that we're is asked. So he's praying for death. Well, he's got this money, but it's in a faraway place. Um, he, he, he doesn't have any current income because he lost, uh, you know, he lost his sight and he can't work anymore. So he's got a son named uh, Tobias. And uh, Tobias, um, he's, uh, Tobit sends his son Tobias to this faraway city to get the money. Um, but in chapter four, and I really want you to read chapter four of, of, uh, of Tobit, he, he says, well, you know, I'm, uh, I'm not doing so well physically here. So before you go, just in case I die, uh, I've got some messages for you. Okay. Um, so I want you to read chapter four. He says, I want you to bury the dead. You know, that's an act of mercy. Honor your mother, give alms, avoid sexual transgression, pay just wages to your workers, abstain from drunkenness, pursue wisdom. All this is in chapter four. Pray constantly. And um, he says, here's kind of a version of the golden rule in uh, uh, Tobit chapter four, verse 15. He says, and what you hate, do not do to anyone. So there's a, there's a whole bunch of stuff in, in this account, in this fictional account, but there are still lessons that we can learn from that. So that said, uh, Tobit uh, goes out to, uh, to get this fortune that is in a faraway city, you know. And um, now we have Sarah, another character. Sarah has the misfortune um, of having been married seven times, but each time she gets married on the wedding night before the wedding is, uh, before the marriage is uh, consummated, there's a demon who strikes all the men dead. Now imagine, by the way, uh, if you're the eighth guy along, you know, you meet, you meet her on a blind date and you get to talking and say, so have you ever been uh, married before? Yes, I've been married seven times. That would add me for the door right there. But if I wasn't headed to the door when she said she had been married seven times, I would really be sprinting for the door when she said, yes, but on our wedding night, uh, my, my seven husbands have all been struck dead. 
uh, you know, by, by a demon. Okay, that, that'd be the end of that. So my guess is, knowing that, uh, Sarah's going to have a hard time getting an eighth husband, right? And because back then it was a very patriarchal society, women on their own were preyed upon, P-R-E-Y-E-D, upon. Life wasn't going to be so good for her either. So she also prays for death. So now we got two people praying for death, right? We got Tobit, the blind guy, and we've got Sarah, uh, who, who all of her husbands die. Okay, so this is like a romantic but also religious novel. Maybe you can see where we're going with this. So uh, she lives in the town where uh, uh, Tobias is supposed to go to collect the riches for his dad, Tobit. So wonder of wonders, they meet. And uh, God sends, by the way, I'm, I'm getting a little ahead of myself. God sends this angel, Raphael, one of the few named angels in, uh, in the Bible, to uh, help them both. Okay, and he, he's going to go with, uh, with uh, Tobias for a while as a guide. But um, little does Tobias know that this is an angel. Uh, in fact, uh, Raphael uh, gives himself another name, okay? And um, so the angel Raphael is sent as an answer to prayer, although he's not going to bring death as both to Tobit and, uh, and Sarah have prayed for. He's going to help them, okay? So uh, they're... Uh, Tobias and Raphael are, are walking on the way to, um, you know, to collect the, this wealth in this uh, city. And they cross a river. Now, a fish just jumps out of the water. And uh, I mean, this is pretty fantastic, right? This is how you know it's fiction. And uh, Tobias kills the fish. And Raphael says, hey, I got, I hear that fish guts are really good for uh, curing things. And so Tobias gets the fish, kills the fish, and, um, you know, takes out the gallbladder and, um, um, and the, also the fish, the fish's heart and liver. Okay. Then it is revealed to Tobias that if he takes the fish guts, at least the heart and liver, he can drive away the demon that has been uh, that has been uh, plaguing Sarah. He meets Sarah. They fall in love. He wants to marry her, you know. But there's this problem, right? I mean, the the demon always kills uh, the the husbands. It's happened seven times. So Tobias says, uh, "Okay, but we got this cure, you know, Raphael. Um, I, I've been told that uh, the fish's heart and liver will drive away demons." So, uh, you know, honestly, ladies, if you, if you put fish guts all over the, all over your bed on your wedding night, you're not only going to drive away the demons, you're probably going to drive away your husband too. But we'll set that aside for a moment. Bottom line is, uh, the fish guts drive away the demon. Raphael has seen to that. Um, they get the money. That was in, you know, that was Tobit's. They go back to Tobit with the money, but now they're, they're married. Um, and, uh, what do you know? 
the the gallbladder, I think it is, of the fish. Tobias spreads it on his dad's eyes, and what do you know? His blindness is cured, and they kind of live happily ever, ever after there. Okay, that's a pretty fantastic story, right? With the fish guts cure, you know, sending away demons, curing blindness, with the bird poop happening to land on both of Tobias's eyes, etc. So, what is the what is the point of all this? Why is it in the Bible? Well, if you read the whole story, and you need to, um, it's not terribly long, but um, if you read the whole story, it emphasizes what. God answers prayer, all right? It emphasizes obeying your parents. It emphasizes the purity of marriage. It emphasizes reverence for the dead. Remember, uh, uh, Tobit's problem started when he buried a dead person, which is an act of mercy, but um, in doing so, that made him sleep outside because, you know, he's not, if, if you touch a dead corpse, you're ritually unclean for a period of time. And so his good deeds, if you will, uh, indirectly caused his problems. But uh, he continued to pray. And even though his prayer was answered not the way he asked it to be answered, remember he prayed for death, it, it worked out even better, okay? Also, there's the value of almsgiving. That is a big theme in, in this. Uh, the value of fasting. And then, um, so I would direct you to, uh, if, you, if you don't want to read this story, which, you know, you really should. It's a very, it's a very short story. It's what, uh, maybe 14 chapters, 14 chapters long. Uh, 14 Bible chapters, which is not, not terribly long. But if you're only going to read one of those, I would say read chapter 4, which is the uh, Tobit's instruction on how to live, um, how to live your life to, to his, his son. Uh, so we've got other stuff in there too. We've got the idea of a guardian angel, which we believe certainly as Catholics and the idea of a guardian angel. So there's a whole lot of, of stuff, of doctrine, if you will, that is, that is mentioned in this, albeit a fictitious story. And again, I will, uh, uh, I will share with you, even though it's not in Protestant Bibles, uh, there, is, there is nothing other than the fantastic nature of it. There is no doctrine in this book that our, our Protestant friends would have an issue with once they understand that this is meant to be a work of, of fiction. So, if you're having eye problems, don't cut a fish open and take out the gallbladder and put it on your eyes. That's not the message of this. That is a fantastic occurrence uh, in, in this story to, uh, to illustrate a point, you know, that if you pray to God and you wait on his word, good things can happen. As Christians, we believe that as you pray to God, God will answer it. Once again, not always the way you wanted it to be answered, uh, but um, you, you will definitely get satisfaction in heaven, if not on this earth. The idea of, uh, of heaven at this time was not fully developed among the Jewish people 
at the time of this writing, which, as I said, is about 150 BC. So again, it's written in the backdrop, if you will, of the, um, the exile of the northern ten tribes to uh, Assyria. But um, it's not a, uh, not a historic book. I think we have enough time now. Maybe, uh, maybe we don't. Uh, let's go to the Lord in prayer, and then next time we'll we'll look at another book that is not in Protestant Bibles, um, and that is the book of Judith. So, uh, let's go to the Lord in prayer. In the name of the Father and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Lord, we thank you for this book that, even though it is intended to be a work of fiction. It gives us lots of good advice about godly living, about, a, uh, about uh, taking care of the dead, honoring our mothers, giving alms, avoiding sexual transgression, uh, paying just wages to our employees. Um, we are comforted in knowing that we each have a guardian angel, as is mentioned in this story as well. So even though it's a work of fiction, uh, help us to, uh, as we go through it, to ask where we might be falling short on some of the ideas expressed by the Father in, in chapter 4. And we thank you for your instruction, uh, which will guide us and keep us on the right paths if we will only follow it. And we thank you in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.